Okay, this is Freedom Friday Radio. I'm going to skip the introduction and just go right into it. You all know the introduction. Today's date is the 10th of April 2020. So many things are happening. They're happening so quick. And there's so much news. There's an overwhelming amount of information if you so desire to ingest it that it's sickening so i had to really pray and really contemplate do i just want to be another voice another opinion on here and i i really don't want to be i don't want to be another opinion another thing but i do have an opinion and i do pray about this on a daily basis i am not kidding you since this started and it really came to my attention admittedly so around the mid March time where I really said, hey, this isn't a hoax. This isn't a joke. This is for real. This is going somewhere. And I began to seek God on a daily basis during my morning prayer time anyway, instead of reading the news, instead of looking at Facebook or looking at other people's opinions, I just sought the Lord and he gave me scriptures early on. He gave me scriptures early on. These are on my previous shows. If you listen to our last Monday show, which is, I apologize, it's really hard to hear. We were at a different location. The audio sucks, but the information's good. It's on Revelation. But before that, I do a show, the very first Freedom Friday show I did in a long time, uh, about two or three weeks ago. I talk about these scriptures. Um, there's a show I did on a, on a Monday that I put up called uh, COVID-19 wake-up call or judgment. And I, I talk about the scriptures God gave me. And I will, spoiler alert, I'm one of the, I am one of the few people, at least in mainstream voices, that believe this is the end, that this is God's judgment, that God is shaking the earth, according to Isaiah 24 and other scriptures and um, there's no recovering from this and that we should look up and see our redemption draweth nigh. And I explained to you that it just I, how I'm befuddled that the Christian community has been taught this for centuries. And the modern Christians, I believe, have been taught this. They should have been taught this, that their expectation of Christ that he could come at any moment I think there's several problems. Some are false doctrines where they believe certain things have to happen first, whether it be the Antichrist, whether it be a third temple in Jerusalem, whether, you know, they they have a false doctrine. These aren't, it's not a biblical doctrine of the second coming of Christ. What you need to know is what Christ said and Mark 13, Luke 21, Matthew 24, uh, not uh, from a left behind a series, book, or movie. However, I think that's just part of the problem. The other problem that I see a bigger problem here with Christianity, and I am talking to Christians all the time. I do belong to a church. I do have Christian friends. Um, I do have Christianity through this show. I do talk to pastors. I, I, I'm serious. I do. And what I'm seeing here is a real disconnect with the coming of Christ. This is what I'm seeing. You can take it or leave it. That is up to you. 
you know, I can't sit here and say I'm absolutely right. You know, I, I, I can't say that, but this is really what's on my heart. This is for me. Um, do I hope I'm wrong? No, I don't hope I'm wrong. I want to see Jesus come. I want to get off this prison planet and I would love to be raptured. So I am, I apologize for that. Uh, if you are one who wants to see it recover and see great revival and don't start watching football again, I apologize to you. But one of the great disconnects I see in Christianity is their connection to the world. They are so connected to the life here, the world life. And I'm not even talking a sinful life or a life of debauchery. I'm not talking that. I'm just talking living life <clears throat> here here in this plane, this prison planet. They get so used to being uh, a slave race in Satan's kingdom that they, they want to see the lights come back on. They're holding on to that. Here's what I've noticed. Many, many Christians will say, Paul, we have hope in God. We have trust in God. And I go, good, that's cool, because that's what you need. That's the only thing that's going to get you through right now is your trust in God and your and your hope has to be you know, in, in God, his, the sovereignty of God and the word of God. But then they'll say, but we know we're going to get through this. We're almost there um, because now the new date is April 30th, right? People think that lights are going to come on May 1st. They, they don't have ability to think out of that. Bo- they're not thinking critically. Really? All the restaurants are just going to open up and now it's going to be okay to sit inside a restaurant with 50 other people. Now it's okay to go to, um, you know, a, a basketball game or a baseball game with 20,000 other people in the stadium. Now it's just going to be okay. I mean, and on and on and on. It's like, it's just going to be okay. We're going to flick on the switch. It's, it's an incredible disconnect. But they're so, they're, in, they're just, they, they're living life in this world, they got kids, they got grandkids, they got careers or jobs or the churches, the churches, the church is unbelievable. And I'm talking the organized church, the, the building, the gatherings, it's unbelievable how, and it's always been like this, but people will not let go of that and see that the real church, the only church of Christ, the real bride is not a building it's individuals. Their lives are lively stones. They're the temple of God. They're called out from the world. This is scriptural. And it befuddles me that the very scriptures are just laid aside for the hope in God and the trust in God, not for his sovereignty or for his word, but that he will do what they hope he will do. In other words, when they say, I hope in God, my hopes in God, you have to ask, what are you hoping God to do? I'm hoping God will use this as a great revival and the world will turn to him. And, uh, you know, we can go back and I could have my daughter's wedding. When they say, I trust in God, you have to ask, where is your trust in God? I trust that God's going to take care of this and we are going to get back to normal and this unseen enemy is going to end and he's going to defeat the devil and we're going to 
praise him at the end. He's going to get glory for this. So they have a hope and a trust, but it's not in the sovereignty of God. It's in what they hope and trust God will do. You get it? Do you understand what I'm saying? People, everyone, every single person I've talked to that believes this is going to end, there's a light switch, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I follow Donald Trump on his Facebook page. I, 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 I watch and read what he says. And he will put stuff out, light at the end of the tunnel. Or when this ends, stocks are going to soar and our economy is going to roar. Uh, I just read something just a few minutes ago. The last four days, stocks have hit highs uh, unlike before since 1974. He's giving you a false hope. I'm not blaming the man. He's scared to death. He has no idea what's happening. None of these people know what the heck is happening or how to deal with it. don't, Don't think they're just evil people sitting around going, I'm causing this, the evil cabal. This is of God. And if it and, and because it's of God, God's judgment, there's nothing anybody can do about it. Once you understand that, you're not relying on on man. We shouldn't rely on man anyway. I'm concerned. I don't know how this shakes out, but I am concerned that people, my Christian brothers and sisters, are going to cause themselves more grief and more trouble than they should by not seeing this as a judgment from God by not looking up and, and looking up and going, when is my redemption out of here? I've told you before time and time and time again, we are not appointed to wrath. God's people will never be living under a mulberry tree. You're never appointed to wrath. He will always sustain you. I'm not saying you're going to live in pleasure and comfort. You're not living in pleasure and comfort right now, but he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Our trust is in the sovereign God. But you say, Brother Kapow, you could be totally wrong. I think you're wrong. I disagree. That's fine. I would love to take a bet. I'd love to take a bet with you and see if you say this next month in three weeks, in two weeks. That's short. Really, that's short. Um. I would love to make a bet with you, but I don't think I'm going to be around much longer to be honest with you. And uh, I don't need any money. I don't need anybody's bet. Here's the deal. I've been praying, Lord, is this of you? Is this of you? He's given me scriptures. You can go back to these other shows if you're interested if you're interested to see what scriptures I'm talking about, Ezekiel, Isaiah 24, Psalms, scripture, scriptures, Corinthians, Old and New Testament. What I'm telling you, I can back up scripturally. Everybody I've talked to in Christendom that believes this is going to end in two weeks that believes that the lights are going to come on, that Trump's going to save us, that uh, God's going to have a great revival. Nobody can back that up with scripture to me. Nobody. There is no scripture. There is no scripture. Now, I've been in dialogue with my own pastor because I do his, I do his podcast. Um, 
I produce his podcast. So I've been dialogue with him a lot. And our church was uh, the last to, to close as of, uh, as of, uh, let's see, just the other day, yesterday. Yeah, as of, as of yesterday, uh, Wednesday, our, uh, our governor here, uh, Sisolak, sick of, sick of face, um, he shut down all churches in the state of Nevada, uh, literally all churches. Now, now, he shut down a lot of other things. He took another step. Uh, the casinos were shut down a long time ago, but uh, he shut down all golf courses. Um, uh, any hairdresser that, that might want to work from their home, he shut down. Um, uh, car dealerships, uh, showrooms, things like that, but also all churches. Uh, many people, and, and I, I don't know if you're one of them, but many people don't realize that your constitutional rights can be suspended if a governor, governor declares a state of emergency and he gives a directive. So your constitutional rights are temporarily suspended. So many are, are crying out, well, you can't shut down a church. We have a right religious freedom. We have a First Amendment right to assemble, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's all temporarily suspended by the governor of a state if there's an emergency. And certainly this COVID-19 feeds that, uh, meets that health crisis emergency. So don't, don't, (laughs) don't think there's anything you can do about it. So he's effectively shut down all the churches. Now this is, this is going on nationwide. Nevada, this, this hit uh, yesterday, uh, Wednesday, Wednesday morning is when I read about it. And uh, my particular pastor, he's, he'd been trying to hold his church open this whole time and he was looking forward to Easter and he's been doing everything correct according to CDC guidelines. You go there, you get hand sanitizer, you stay apart, you, um, excuse me, you, uh, they, they even sit you where your space, no one's in front of you, no one's behind you, you're three sit, seats apart. You know, it's not a big church, it only probably holds 100 or 150. So it's a lot easier to manage, you know, in a small thing. And, the first uh, week this happened, I counted uh, 35 adults without children or 45. Yeah, 45 without children. And the next week I, I counted uh, 45 with children. And then um, last week uh, it was about the same amount, maybe a little less. And then this week it shut down. Uh, so I, I I write, I you know, I, I write to him and I, I said, uh, Yesterday, I wrote to him night and I said, you know, about the shutdowns and that just a few days ago, I did a research on, on all the churches here in Mesquite, Nevada. And out of all the churches, I can only see that two were still trying to remain open. That was our church and another Baptist church um, that were trying to, to hold services outside and trying to remain open. As far as I can see, there was only two holdouts. And then I wrote to him that I went to the grocery store today. I went to uh, our Smith's grocery store today. And here's what I wrote him. I said, uh, I saw an already demoralized, anxious, and hopeless citizenry. (laughs) This was not my mesquite. The fear showed through the mask. The social distance means just that. No socializing, no talking, no looking at another's eyes or face. Lockstep. Flatten the curve, stay at home, save lives over and over again in their minds. It was so sad. 
I know that this way of life cannot and will not sustain itself. I saw a few people. I know a guy I used to work out with at the, at the gym now closed and a neighbor who I've dined with inside his own home. They waved and acknowledged. Then they went their way into the Isle abyss of Smith's. I thought of how the Jews marched into the railroad cars to be taken to work camps and to get a nice hot shower. Remember Bill? Remember Tommy? What happened to those guys? Last I saw them, they were heading for the shower. How can this be? I asked myself. Serpent wisdom. Without the spirit of God, mankind has no wisdom from above. Only serpent wisdom. Only eyes open snake eyes only themselves as gods to make error after error after error after error it's small and it's quiet but it's so pure that spirit of wisdom yes that's it that's what's lacking we should have never replaced god with our own imaginations may our father of peace and wisdom lead you guide you and be very present with you and yours I signed it, Paul. All right. So you hear what I said? Now, the reason why I wrote that to him as that very morning, I prayed to God about all this that's going on. And I had read that the churches were closed and um, I knew that was going to happen. It does not surprise me at all. Of course, it's going to happen. Folks, this they're not closing the church because you're a Christian or that you're serving Christ. They're closed. All the all the Muslims, all the, the mosques are closed. The, the the synagogues are closed. Every Catholic church, the the Mormons shut down early on. They shut down all of Utah. Okay, it, it it's it, no one's going to knock on your door and go, "Oh, you're a Christian. We're going to take your Bibles and kill you for be. We're going to persecute you for serving Christ." The, the persecution, you can serve Jesus all you want. I'm serving Jesus, and I don't have any authorities uh, bothering me. The persecution is the public gatherings, any public gathering. I don't care if you're exercising in a park; they're going to shut it down. So don't don't mistake this as Christian persecution. You're not being persecuted for your faith. You're being persecuted for your gathering. You're gathering, well, here in Nevada, 10 or more. See, it's, it, there's a disconnect between reality and what the scriptures say. Well, we want to be, pers- we think that we're being, um, you know, heroes now or so we're being persecuted. The church is shutting down. Well, it, it's, it, it's just a gathering place. I don't want to see it either. I don't want to see it. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm for it, but I'm just saying you're not being persecuted for your faith in Christ. I'm doing, I'm talking right now about Jesus Christ as my savior. No one's knocking on my door. No one's trying to get rid of my podcast. It's not about, it's not about that. This is the disillusion. It's a great illusion. And it's sent by God. It's a spirit of fear. You remember that's the, the, the story of King Ahaz uh, is going to go out to war. And he, he doesn't want to listen to a prophet of God. He, he has his own false prophets. He has all his prophets saying, Yahweh said this and this, and you'll be successful, O king. Go and, and go to war. 
And the other good king from Judah was going to join him. And Judah says, don't we have a prophet from God? Don't we have another prophet? Yeah, we have that Micaiah guy. But I don't like him because every time he, he prophesies, he always prophesies against me. He's like Brother Kapow. He always goes against the grain. He's always saying there's judgment. He's always saying Christ is coming. He's always saying this is the end. I don't like Brother Kapow or that Micaiah prophet guy. I want to hear good things. I want to be uplifted. So the king of Judah says, hey, bring, uh, you know, bring Micaiah here and Micaiah here. And uh, Micaiah says, no, no, God says, hey, you're going to be fine. You know, go ahead like that. And, and so Ahaz says, you're lying. You never prophesy right for me. You're lying, <laughs> you know. And he goes, okay, let me tell you what I saw. I saw a council in heaven. And God says, how can I kill King Ahaz? Uh, anybody got any suggestions to make him uh, die? And uh, so they all gave suggestions. And, and one spirit walked up to, to, to God, to God, on the throne of God and said, I'll put a lying spirit in all of his prophets and they'll tell him to go out and then uh, he'll be killed. And God says, that's fine. Go do it. God allowed folks. This is Bible. This is Bible. God allowed lying spirits to enter false lying prophets to delude and deceive and give a great delusion and a lie. They believe the lie. And guess what happened? Micaiah then got slapped in the face. One of the false prophets says, who, who are you to say the spirit of God left me and went in you? And they threw him in prison and Ahaz died. Okay. You also got the Job. Satan himself goes before God's throne and asks to sift Job. He gets permission. This is Bible. This is stuff that you're not learning on your little clappy Sunday morning, clappy, happy, you know, God's here to make you be your boyfriend or something. I'm telling you, this is a delusion from God. This is a spirit of fear. I was telling Ms. Kapow, it is interesting that I started studying OCD and mental illness very heavily over this last year. And what I see is OCD, a mass obsessive compulsive disorder in the world, Christians and non-Christians alike, unbelievers and believers alike. They have an obsessive thought. And here's the obsessive thought. There's an unseen enemy, a virus, a germ, and it's going to kill me. And that obsessive thought then drives them to compulsive behavior. I'm going to put a mask on all the time. I'm going to wear gloves. I'm going to do this. I'm going to social distance. I'm going to stay in my home. I'm going to collapse the economy. I threw out all critical thinking because all I can do is believe this one obsessive thought. And when everybody was normal and everybody had their own right mind, they would look at somebody with OCD and, and make jokes about it or like, hey, he's going to wash his hands compulsively. There are hand washing OCDs. They're germaphobes out there. Like, oh, look at this guy. You know, he thinks, uh, 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 right? And now everybody's that guy. Everybody has mental illness. Everybody has OCD because it is a spirit. It is a spirit allowed by God. Is it an evil spirit? You're damn right it is. It's a spirit right from the pit of hell, but it's allowed by my almighty sovereign God. You don't have to believe me. You don't have to believe me. I'm not trying to convince you, but I guess I, I guess I am. So I write this to the pastor. One thing I want to point out, as I say, so how can this be serpent wisdom? 
Without the spirit of God, mankind has no wisdom from above, only serpent wisdom. They got open snake eyes, only themselves as God to make error after error. But the spirit of wisdom from God, it's quiet. See, it's just like Elijah went out of the cave and, and he didn't hear the voice of God in, in the thunder. He didn't hear it in the lightning. He didn't hear it in the earthquake. He heard it in a still small voice, right? Because God's wisdom is pure. In the beginning of the garden, the serpent beguiled all of humankind and said, has God really said this? Let me open your eyes to my wisdom and then you'll be as God's. That is, that is what has followed mankind from day one. That is why Donald Trump can't fix it. Fauci can't fix it. Fix it. The scarf lady can't fix it. Nobody's going to fix it. Your pastor can't fix it. Revival's not going to fix it because the wisdom is not of God. It's error after error. Why did I write my pastor this? Because that very morning, yesterday morning, I'm praying and I said, God, what is this? Why is it like this? And God gave me this. He said, the word that came to my mind, the word that came to me was serpent wisdom. And I said, what? And he says, serpent wisdom. When all of humanity, we are born in serpent wisdom. We are born with serpent wisdom. It's only the grace of God. When we are called out to receive that beautiful gift of salvation, through his son, Jesus Christ, that God's spirit then indwells us. And that sweet, gentle, small spirit indwells us. And as we yield to it and we learn the character of God and become more Christ-like, we get God wisdom. And now you can think critically outside of this false delusion of a world. Without it, you're never, no one ever is going to have that wisdom. You're born with snake wisdom. That's the only wisdom you can rely on. That's the problem. That's why all the governors are in lockstep. That's why everybody, most people are in lockstep. Yeah. That's why they're doing the social death. Flatten the curve, stay at home, save lives. Flatten the curve, stay at home, save lives. And, and other people are going, but if we do that, we're collapsing our own society. You see, it's 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 wisdom of Satan. It's serpent wisdom, folks. So I tell my pastor this, right? You got to understand what's going on. And he writes me back and he says, uh, you know, he says, I heard from one pastor. There are two possible endings to this crisis. One is that it's leading us so much closer to the end times, right? And I would agree with that. The second is that it's leading us so much closer to revival. I disagree with that. But you see how my pastor says he heard from one pastor, there are two possible endings. One is the return of Christ. One is revival. You can't hedge your bets like that. You can't say, well, it could be this, it could be that. You've got to pick a side, and you've got to pick a side based on the word of God, not what you hope is going to happen. I'm just trying to save you some grief. And I disagree that there's only two possible endings. There's a third that's not mentioned here. It's called the sovereign will of God. God will do what he sovereignly will. 
Who are we to put that in a box? It's one or the other. Only God knows. And then he continues. He says, but I, this is my pastor. I also know that we are getting close to the end of days is based upon what the scriptures say. And then from what we see in our world, but for myself, I pray for revival. So what he's telling me is that he knows we're getting close to the end of days. And that's based on what scripture. He says, I, he's reading the, the, the word of God and he has, he's an educated man. He's reading the, the word of God and saying, I know we're, we're getting closer in the days based on the word of God scriptures. And he's also basing it on what he's seen, what's going on in the world with his own eyes. In Psalms, the psalmist says, you will see 10,000 <laughs> to your left, 10,000 to your right die. You're going to see the wicked fall only with your eyes. You won't experience it. You're going to see it. So he's seeing this. He's based on the scripture. But then he says, but for myself, I pray for revival. You see the disconnect? Even though the scriptures are telling them we're at the end times, even though I see we're in the times, I'm going to pray for revival. But praying for revival is not based on any scripture. It's not based on anything you're seeing either. It's a hope. Am I telling you to be hopeless? No, I'm telling you to put your hope in God for your, your redemption your ultimate salvation. That's the only hope we need to have. There is no hope down here. This is a, this is a delusion. And I'm not bagging on my pastor. Believe it. I'm, I'm not. I just want to point out the, the Christian mentality that, that I, I am running across here. Um, this, this particular man uh, who I love dearly is he's seeing it both ways. He's talking to somebody else, another unknown pastor, I don't know, but he's talking to one of his peers who sees one or two scenarios. You know, at least they're considering the coming of Christ. I don't see two scenarios. I only see one. Am I wrong? You tell me. I don't know. But I do have scripture saying the coming of Christ. I especially hang on to Isaiah 24 when it talks about the end of the world. It's, 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 the, it's the very scripture I, I quote and, and all that's left now. And I'll play that song again at the end of the thing. You know, that's, that's where we're at. Here, here, here's, here's, the, here's the other disconnect I see. There's, there's either a disconnect because Christians feel certain things have to happen before Jesus can return. Right. Um, or they feel connected to the world to connect to the world. And part of that connection is connected to their, their church, their gathering, their body. People love their church and that's fine. But church, the gathering, the building, the organization never supersedes the real church and never supersedes the coming of Christ. So in another email that was sent out about this Easter Sunday, uh, 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 you know, once again, the virtual Easter gathering on YouTube that everybody's having, uh, where they celebrate uh, the resurrection of Jesus on a star day. But um, here, here's, here's, here's what he writes. And I, and, and I want you to listen to this carefully. He writes, 
What I'd like to encourage you with today is that it is okay if the church building is empty because guess what? So was the tomb. And while the grave could not hold down Jesus, neither can this virus or the government hold down the church because it is Jesus's church. He is the head of the church and he rose again. And when you read that on the surface, you go, praise the Lord. That's beautiful. Thank you. I can't hold this back. No way. But I want you to really use critical thinking here and, and, and think about what is said here. He says, what I'd like to encourage you with today is that it is okay if the church building is empty because guess what? So was the tomb. He's comparing the resurrection of Christ, the empty tomb of Christ with his empty church building. You might as well say it's okay if the church building is empty because so was the dark side of the moon. So was outer space. So are the innermost part of my bowels. I mean, it doesn't make sense. The, the empty tomb of Je the reason why Jesus's tomb was empty is for a totally different reason and effect than why your church is empty. They don't go hand in hand. But if you just look at it at the, the, the surface, you go, oh, that's beautiful. It's not beautiful. It's not correct. And he says, and while the grave could not hold down Jesus, which is true. He says, neither can this virus hold down or the government hold down the church. It's true as the real church, as the real called out ones. It can't hold down, brother Kapow, but it can hold down your empty building and it is holding it down. And it says, because it's Jesus's church, he's the head of the church. He is rose again. He's equating the empty tomb with his gathering. See, and he's telling people the government is not going to prevail against this because Jesus, we're going to gather again. And it's giving a false hope. So I'm seeing several things here. Like I said, I'm seeing a, a false doctrine of, of eschatology. Uh, certain things have to have to Israel. There has to be an antichrist. Is it pre-trib, post-trib? Post? I'm seeing false doctrine here, making people not see the 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 reality of the coming of Christ. I'm seeing, which is which is horrible, but I'm seeing even even more horrible is the connection to this world. They don't want to leave this world, and they have a fear of death. And and as a Christian. You know, I'm not saying you embrace death and you want to leave your family and your wife and your grandkids and your children and or your husband. You know, you don't want that. But when God calls you, there's a point in the man wants to die. When he calls you, then you're going to be with Christ. We we don't be afraid of that transition. So that's that's disheartening to me to see the great fear of death and and the, and the holding on to this world. But then we also see a holding on of a false um, church not realizing who the church really is. The gates of hell can't prevail against the church. If if your church was the real church, then these gates of the governor couldn't prevail against it. These gates closing you on Easter Sunday couldn't prevail. But because they are prevailing, it means it's not the real church. You understand? Jesus says, the gates of hell will not prevail against my church, my called out ones. Those who from eternity past God has chosen and called out and they heard the call the effectual call and they go that's my shepherd I'm going to follow him and they accepted Christ they're the elect my friends the elect do with it what you will 
Yeah. And that's kind of, you know, that's where we're at. So let's, let's take a short break at 36 minutes, short commercial break. And um, you've got nothing to do while you're quarantined and you're going to be quarantined for a long time. You might as well uh, read, read some books or listen to some music or something. Go to fifthhookmedia.com and figure out how to do that if you want. And uh, I'll be back after this commercial. Recently, spiritual attacks on innocent people have increased considerably. This is partly due to society's transformation into a satanic cult. Most people are clueless or hopeless in combating this spiritual mayhem. We wish to offer two good books to overcome these attacks. First, Demons in My Marriage Bed, a true story of spiritual warfare offers one of the most effective training systems in combating spiritual darkness in order to gain personal freedom. Second, Eyes to See Unseen Enemies teaches how to see the hidden dangers which are all around us, even in places we would least expect them. Both books can be purchased on Amazon.com as a paperback or ebook. It is our desire that you will take advantage of these opportunities to increase your effectiveness in spiritual warfare and learn how to fight back instead of being a victim. We'll see you on the battlefield. Okay, we're back. Let's look at uh, just a few, a few stories here. Uh, one of the things that um, really started rocking my world here recently was um, just two days ago, April eighth. You know, today's. Uh, I'm sorry. I mean, yesterday. Not two days ago. It was yesterday, April eighth. Um, and I put this on our our Facebook page about a little before five p.m. because it had just come out and it blew my mind. What I want you to understand is Mesquite, Nevada, is um, we're a border town with uh, a little piece of Arizona. We call the Arizona Strip. And you go through Arizona and then you're into the state of Utah, uh, St. George, uh, southwestern Utah. And St. George is a is a bigger city. It has better medical. It has um, shopping and supermarkets and um, malls and things like that. St. George. So many people who live in Nevada go to St. George to do these things. It has Costco and Target and, you know, all that stuff. Mesquite, Nevada and its surrounding areas do not. You have to go all the way to Vegas uh, to the south if you want big city stuff. But what Mesquite offers is casinos, golf course, lots of booze, cheap booze, and dope, marijuana. And so a lot of Utahns and, and, and uh, Arizonians come over here and do that, blah, blah, blah. So as far as like medical concerns, like all our medical stuff, we go to St. George, Utah for medical things. And um, thank God we have that because here in Nevada, it sucks, right? So when I saw this come out, I first saw this on Facebook. I thought it was a hoax. And I thought, man, this is a cruel hoax. And so I dug into it and then I, to my shock it was not a hoax um and i put we we thought this was a hoax at first but it's absolutely true the state of utah starting today friday good friday <laughs> right before easter that's what's amazing is how they shut everything down right before easter um the the state of utah will be using the federal alert system you know that one on your smartphone that says you know i don't know trump as corona or whatever to track your phone they're going to use this federal alert system 
to track your phone as you enter any of the Utah borders off the interstates or some of these other lines, all the way up to the you know Colorado border, Idaho, uh, Arizona border, everywhere. And it will send you a form that you, and, and when you go check on the form, it says you must fill this out. And you have to give all this personal information and health information as well. It truly is a digitalized Nazi Germany. It's unbelievable. It's it's one of those show me your papers. You They do not want you entering their state without filling this form out. Now, I know many people are going, ah, you don't have to. You're just going to. You just got to go there and not do it and ignore it and everything. Well, I don't know what's going to happen if you have a Nevada plate on your car and you're going to Costco and blah, blah, blah. And then the cops see you um, because your your constitutional rights are suspended and they stop you and go, did you fill out that form? Show me, prove it to me. Um, and the next step will be a criminal offense. I don't know where it's going with this. The very fact that this is a real thing, they have digitalized their borders to keep people out. To keep people out. If you don't believe me, type it in or go to our Facebook page. Uh, the one I put up was uh, KUTV Channel 2 News talking about it. But that's exactly what they do it. And then I put up the actual form uh, that you have to fill out. <clears throat> they ask all kinds of questions. One of the questions they ask is where you've been in the last 14 days. Um, they ask if anybody's with you. They ask if um, you've been tested, if you feel sick. They ask your name, uh, last name, your address, all this information. And then they say this information will be stored in a state of Utah you know, medical database. Uh, what could go wrong, folks? So so effectively, you can't go you can't go to Utah. Um, now, some people will just turn off your phone. You could do that. Um you can probably do that and your phone isn't going to ping. I just don't know what's going to happen to you while you're sitting in front of the, you know, the hairdresser waiting for your appointment with a Nevada plate. Um, you know what I mean? So the point is this is happening. It's happening in real time. That, that's why it's, not, it's, it's it, every day gets worse and worse and worse. Another article I post up here in uh, Cuckoo, California, or some people call it Caca, California, California. Snitches get rewards. Uh, the mayor there, Garcetti, they call him uh, Mayor Yoga Pants because he, he does yoga and he wears yoga pants. He issues new rules for construction sites and he encourages snitches. Um, here's, here's, here's what it says. Garcetti, Mayor Yoga Pants, also used the Tuesday briefing to encourage people in the community to report businesses that continue to violate the order. He has a strict stay-at-home order in California. If any non-essential businesses continue to operate in violation of the stay-at-home order, you're going to act. We are going to act to enforce the safer-at-home order and ensure their compliance. As of Tuesday afternoon, Garcetti said business ambassadors, business ambassadors, read brown shirts, Nazi brown shirts, had visited 540 businesses that had not complied with the safer-at-home order. Of those, 144 were visited by officers. That's the Stasi. That's the um, you know. That's the SS of Germany. Officers of the LAPD to ensure compliance. <laughs> it says um, four businesses have been referred to the city attorney's office for misdemeanor filings. They got criminally charged. And he says this. This is a quote from uh, Yoga Pants. He says, "You know the old expression about snitches. Well, in this case." Stitches get rewards. We want to thank you for turning folks in and making sure we are safe. This is the world we live in.
Okay. The best article written on all this crap so far I've ever read is from lourockwell.com. Go to go to our Fifth Hook fa- uh, Facebook page to get it. It's called Flat Curve Society's Inability to Think Critically About What They Are Lockstepping With. The best. He talks about the curious but quite authentic inability to think. The Flat Curve Society. It's a must read if you have any inclination to do so all right um my good friend Juan he's the only one here in Mesquite he's the only one who understands what's happening he sent me several um articles late in the day which was good because I was able to get them in uh the first one that's from PJ Media the first one is pastor preaches Romans 13 Everybody knows what that is. Romans 13 is about obey the governments uh, because they're they're of God. You know, God set them up. And um, even if they're uh, wicked or whatever, you know, they're here to punish evildoers, not, you know, good people, blah, blah, blah. That's what Romans 13 says. Um, many pastors use that uh, for Donald Trump. He's the Cyrus. Would you vote for Cyrus? Now, Cyrus, the, the, the uh, Persian king that uh, released the Jews out of Babylon, was a uh, was a badass, cold blooded killer king, and uh, but yet God had predicted four hundred years earlier through the prophet Isaiah of his birth and named him by name. He was God's hammer, right, and God's tool to release His children back into the land. So some of the pastors questioned, "Would you vote for Cyrus today?" So in other words, would you vote for Trump even if he's a womanizer, multi billionaire, blah blah blah, whatever whatever they say about the man. Uh, he's no different than any other man, you know, um, but whatever they say about that man, would you vote for this guy because he's God's Cyrus? So <clears throat> mistake number one, right? So, so this pastor's preaching Romans 13 to rebuke tyrannical government as police block drive-in service on Monday, Thursday, body Thursday. Anyway, there's pictures of it, uh, on, on our Facebook page once again. And you can see pictures of the police surrounding the parking lot and this poor pastor trying to do his thing. It says, um, one day after police said Greenville, Mississippi slapped Christians with $500 fines for attending a drive-in church service, a horde of cops descended on another church in the same city, effectively blocking the pastor from worshiping with his congregation on Thursday. The pastor preached regardless, turning to Romans 13 to rebuke the civil authorities. Um, I don't know how he did that because Romans 13 is pro civil authorities. But anyway, hey, uh, it's not fact. It's not that the facts get in the way of a good story. Uh, Charles E. Hamilton Jr., the pastor of King James uh, Bible Baptist Church, had raised the alarm on Facebook after police slapped Christians with $500 tickets at a drive through service, drive in service at the Temple Baptist Church on Thursday. Police converged on King James Bible Baptist Church uh, in the lead up to Hamilton's own drive in church service. Hey, people of God, this is real, Hamilton said in a live Facebook video. He said he predicted that his church would be next, and so it proved they're right here now on church property before we even have service. Police police is everywhere, he said. Police is everywhere. Uh, Government Tate, uh, the governor, Tate Reeves in Mississippi, had issued a stay-at-home order on April 1st. Uh, he said he will not shut down churches, but he did encourage them not to hold Easter service in person. Uh, Mississippi is not China, and it never will be, Reeves said. Yet, the Greenville mayor 
Eric Simmons, who's a Democrat, has endorsed Joe Biden. <laughs> so he's retarded. He's got mental illness. And the city council banned churches from hosting drive-in services on Tuesday. Uh, now, let me ask you this, folks. Did they ban them because they're serving Christ or did they ban them because they're gathering? They banned them because they're gathering. So let's not mistake it. As bad as it is, that's what that's what this is about. The pastor says he was not angry at Simmons and he prayed for both of them, the, the mayor and, and the police. But he says uh, the, the police uh, strategically parked on the road, apparently prevented... Um, people from reaching the church parking lot for the service. And he preached anyway from Romans 13, which encourages Christians to submit to earthly authorities. He says a lot of people have quoted Romans 13 that we should submit to authority, but the Bible says in verse three, for rulers are not a terror and blah, blah, blah. And people start honking and blah, blah, blah. And he talks about Peter. Now you resist authorities when it comes to, um, I'm going to serve God or, or you, right? Um, bow down to um, the image of Nebuchadnezzar. The boy said, no, we're not going to do that. And uh, they said, you're going to be thrown in a fire. And he goes, well, whether God saves us or not, we're still not going to bow down. So that's big balls. You know, they resisted that. Daniel uh, was told, don't uh, pray. You can only pray to the, to the king. And so he opened his window and he prayed louder because it comes down to resisting the authorities. Uh, that you're putting before God. Having church and gathering in church is not putting that before your Christianity. You worship God. No one's telling you not to worship God. No one's telling you that you can't be a Christian. They're telling you you can't gather as a Christian or a gym or a yoga party or whatever. Um, I'm not trying to make light out of it or saying that's a good thing, but that's what it is. Uh, here's another video here that Juan sent me from uh, PJ Media. You can watch a video here. Police uh, slap Christians with $500 fines for attending drive-in worship uh, center and uh, making an example out of them. So that's not good for, for anybody. It's kind of it's kind of bad. And then we have uh, another article. A Virginia pastor could spend a year in jail for having 16 people in a 300-person church on Palm Sunday. And this guy, um, Kevin Wilson, was uh, doing everything right, keeping people spread out, you know, in the six feet apart. And uh, he wasn't in rebellion on that. He, um, he, 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 he didn't want to have more than 10 people inside a 300-seat church. Uh, but an officer came in, and by the end of the service, there were 16 worshipers. And uh, they were widely separated in a 300-seat sanctuary. So 16 and 300 seats, I can see that could be really spaced out. But two officers uh, wearing masks and gloves, um, just like thugs would do, entered the church and issued citations to the pastor for defying Governor Ralph Northam's edict uh, that there were more than 10 gathered. Uh, there's a crime. Okay. Before they left, the officers warned Wilson that he'd better not have more than 10 for Easter service or else they would cite every person in the room with the same criminal citation. Wilson could go to jail for one year and be fined $2,500 for violating Governor Northam's COVID-19 Order 55. There are more than 10 people in Easter service on Sunday. Each prisoner could fa fa uh, face the same punishment. So uh, among those thinking this was heavy-handed treatment was Liberty Council, which has taken up the case. 
In a news release, Liberty Council founder Matt Staver said Wilson was doing the right thing for his prisoners and pleaded with the governor to be reasonable. Um, but the thing said, the thing said, no more than 10 people. And he had, he was over by six. And so he got a ticket. So they said, if you're going to do uh, Easter, you can't have more than 10. So what do you have to do? You, you have to comply or you don't have it. It's not because he's preaching Christ on Easter. It's because there is a unreasonable edict that you can't have more than 10 people in a room. Uh, here's a, one last article it says five civil rights Americans lost to the COVID-19 panic. There's a lot of rights. The first amendment is the big one. The first amendment is comprised of um, your freedom of religion, your freedom of speech, assembly, press petition. And, um, Churches lost their um, because they're deemed non-essential <laughs> and they're closed. So they've lost the freedom of of practicing the religion in in groups. You didn't lose your your freedom to practice your Christianity or your Islam or your Judaism or your Hinduism or your Buddhism. No one lost that. You could still do that. Uh, you just have to do it with less than um, the mandated uh, governor assessment. Um, Christians have uh, been arrested for praying outside an abortion clinic. Well, that has nothing to do with uh, pastor have been arrested for holding services, violation of government. Yeah, 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 yeah. Freedom of religions, countries are suddenly gone. It's not, it's the freedom of gathering and assembling that for sure. The right to assemble is, is in the first amendment. And that for sure has been uh, suspended. Uh, ordered not to gather in groups of more than 10, the people of America are effectively banned from protesting, uh, going to church, uh, practicing yoga with yoga pants, uh, lifting weights, you know, blah, blah, blah. However, we'll all gather in mass groups in our local Walmart or grocery stores and uh, pretend like we're six feet apart from each other while we're coughing and farting in our pants and all that other stuff. It's unreasonable. It's stupid. Uh, freedom from unreasonable search and seizure to Fourth Amendment. Um, something that I'm well aware of because I spent many, many years in narcotics as a narcotics officer. Most of my career was in narcotics. That's right. I am a narc and all over the country. Police are stopping Americans to check their papers to see if they are essential workers or not. Uh, citizens are being ticketed if they leave their homes without proper permission in Pennsylvania. Stopping American citizens to question their business is an unreasonable search, at least to unlawful acts like finding a person. It is, except when your constitutional rights are suspended. The TSA is an unreasonable search. I pay for a private ticket to go on a plane, a private company, and some government TSA is going to search my bags and search my person and wand me and, and do a second, right? That is against the Fourth Amendment, unless you're under the Patriot Act. And it says that's now suspended because of terror, see, because of fear. So let's, let's, let's understand that we've been down this slippery slope for a lot, a lot of friggin' years. And it goes on, uh, freedom from excessive bail, criminal, the right to life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, all that stuff, you know. So, you know, these are things that uh, we've all hung on to. And uh, now they're, they're gone. And uh, that's not good. No one likes that. So. What do we do? What do we do? Well, I, for one, and, and, and my wife, Linda, we're looking up 
for our redemption. I have full confidence and in, in, in my hope is not a wishful thinking hope. My hope is a confident assurance that the word of God is true. Everything God has said he was going to do, he has done in the past. Everything he always said he was going to do, he has done. Now he says, I am going to return. My son, Lord Jesus Christ, is going to return as a lion, and there will be wrath on the world, and I will destroy the world and create a new heaven and a new earth, and blah, blah, blah. That will be done. I have a confident assurance that that is going to happen. Most Christians also have that confident assurance. Where we're parting ways is, is this that time or not? Okay. To me, scripturally, this appears to be the beginning of that time. And it's going so fast. When I say beginning, I don't mean like birth pangs, like, oh, I mean like, hey, your water's broke. You're going to have that baby real soon. Also, I base it on critical thinking of looking around this entire earth. This ain't just here. Now, on the news, all we hear about is COVID. But when you watch something else, go to YouTube and type in SOT, S-O-T-T, Signs of the Times. They do a monthly video, among other things, on earth changes. And look at the floods, the earthquakes, the tornadoes, the, the, the hail the size of baseballs, uh, weird things in the sky, meteorites following. Look at everything that happened in the prior month. Every month at the end of the month, they do this around the world. And you will see that it's not just COVID. The earth itself is shaking it's breaking it's rattling like a tent in the wind just like isaiah 24 states seeing it with your eyes knowing with their scripture i tend to believe this is the water breaking this is the the end this is the day we all have looked for do i want people to perish absolutely not i wish all would come to the saving knowledge of christ do I think they will? No, I don't. If they're not listening before, what's going to make them listen now? Believer and unbeliever. If they if they don't listen to what I've said before, why would they listen now? So with that said, I'm going to play all that's left now, and we'll talk to you in a few days. Good night.